I'm Amanda Morell, and you're listening to the Truth in This Art podcast with host Rob Lee. Welcome to the Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today I am in conversation with a Jacksonville-based painter, muralist, and storyteller. Please welcome Chris Clark. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Um, so yeah, dig it. You know, I like, I like the vibes here. Um, and this is going to go well. So I want to start off with, um, one, thanking you for joining the podcast and, and two, could you like kind of share the, the kind of like introductory story to you, your work and in that, could you include your first art, ex- art experience? Oh man. So I don't know. I can go on forever, but, um, <laughs> Like, I've, I've been doing art my entire life, like, at least as far back as I can remember. And, um, like, it's always been something that I was interested in and something that I knew I was going to do one day. And I didn't know, um, like, what that was going to look like. I just knew I was going to do something art-related. And so, uh, like, throughout the years, I've tried different things from um, tattooing. I tried that a little while. Um, designing clothes, animation. But I tried like a little bit of everything before I found my footing in uh, painting. And that was like around 2013, maybe. Yeah. And so t- 2016 is when I um, I left my job. I was working at Citibank. And I was like, well, let me see if I can, you know, do this art thing and make it work. And uh, I've been doing it ever since. That's that's great. It's, it's great to kind of get to that point where I think... I think we never really leave it, right? When yeah. we have an interest in something, it may be things to get in the way. It might be life. It might be a slight detours, that winding okay. road. But uh, eventually, you know, it's like, you know what? I need to make that leap. I need to do that leap. And, you know, you leaped, you leapt from Citibank to doing murals and all types of great stuff. So, you know, as a as a person, I think I'm in a spot of being a facilitator, in helping story, you know, stories get told, helping storytellers. And, um, but, you know, I see that you're a storyteller as well. So I'm interested. What types of stories, you know, are you trying to tell within your work or what have you? Tell me about Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. So I just like, like in my work, I like to keep it real. Um, I like to talk about things that I know. So experiences that I've had, um, people that I know, family, friends, uh, current events, you know, things going on in the world at the time. I like to put that stuff into art. And sometimes I kind of like to talk about the things that that most people may not want to talk about, things that that could be hard to discuss, um, like police brutality and all that kind of stuff. I I like to talk about those hard things. Um, sometimes it's easier to see it visually than than to speak about it. Yeah. I, I I think, you know, having those experiences that are are baked into, you know, different creative works, I think it changes. It's it's, it's not the same as you give someone a cup of juice when you give them that medicine, but it's, it's, it's a way of kind of reframing it where it's like, this is baked into it. This experience is being a a black person is baked into my work. This experience and this um, lens and this perspective are all a part of what I do. So you might like the color, you might like how it's depicted, but also this is what it's about. Well, I think it's really about this. No, it's about this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, you're a painter, right? Muralist. So you're, you're you're out there, and I would imagine you know there there's different questions. Like, what's your philosophy on when a 
a project is done because I hear the whole thing that painters oh, are never really done and kind of just stop. So, so tell me about that. I actually just told the principal at the school that I was working at yesterday, I told her that same thing. Like artists is never really done. Cause she asked me the same question. Like, how do you know when you're done? I was like, I don't know. Like I just have to like force myself to stop. <laughs> like I've, I've had pieces where, like, as an artist, you can always see your flaws. Like, to everybody else, it's like a masterpiece. But to you, you're like, well, I need to change this color or I need to add, like, a few strokes over there. And I've had some works where I think I messed them up because I kept going. So now I just kind of, like, when I get to, like, a certain point, I'm like, okay, just going to leave it alone. Um, even if it's just, like, for a few days or a few weeks, just sit with that and then see how it speaks to me. But, um, yeah, I just try to... I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to know uh, when to stop and, and when the piece is done. But I've gotten to a point now where I'm able to just walk away. <laughs> and that, that comes with time, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. <laughs> yeah, because I, I I always think back when people are like, man, my, the art, man, the art. And it's like, you've been working on this for a while. I know. I'm not sure if it's ready to share, though. But there are more and more things where people get, and I think the one of the purposes of, of doing this podcast and one of the one of the cool things that comes out of it is being able to share, you know, the the process and what is baked into the work before it gets to that finished project or, or it's ready to be viewed. So that's that's something that's that's out there because a lot of times I think people aren't considerate of the things like as a consumer, they're not considerate of all of the stuff, the hours, the the different um, the things that are baked into what it takes to get to that finished piece. And it's just like, oh, when I'm done, I'm done. You know, <laughs> I, I have to be done. It's on me. And um, and I and I think more more recognition of that is important. So I want to talk about color a little bit. Um, OK. What what does. I mean, outside of like color, this is going to sound so so weird, but what does color, what, what colors are you most prominently using? And if you could share, what do like colors represent in your work or what have you? Because I always go to like marketing and the Pantone stuff. Like if I see red, you know, it's something to allure me. If I see blue, it's, it's sadness, green envy, things of that nature. So for you and your work, what does, what colors are you using more prominently and what do those colors represent? Um, I do a lot of portrait work. Yeah. And so I'm using a lot of browns. And it's kind of funny. I'm a light-skinned um, black guy, but I, I rarely paint light-skinned black people. <laughs> so I'm using a lot of browns and dark browns. And um, I guess I'm just trying to, like, show images and art that we don't see that much. I, I visit a lot of museums and stuff. Like, every time we travel... Mm -hmm. I always have to go to a museum or check out some art galleries. And so you rarely see like images of black people. So like browns and, and dark browns and even blacks sometimes, you know, that's just very important for me to show in my work. And I'm uh, like in my backgrounds, I tend to do like a little abstract kind of background. And so I use a lot of bright colors there. Yeah. A lot of um, reds and yellows. Those are actually uh, two of my favorite colors, red and yellow. So you'll see that a lot in my work just to, to make that portrait pop out and stand out. So you, like you have to focus on it. Yeah. So the, 
So looking at like contemporary art or just like, you know, kind of the lanes in which you travel in, do you feel that, cause you, you touched on it going to museums, like you're not mm-hmm. seeing like a lot of like basically black, black and brown skins <laughs> represented yeah. in the work. So do you feel that your sensibilities or like what are, what would you say artistically are your sensibilities and do you feel that they're being reflected in like kind of art? Is it moving in that direction? Has it, you know, kind of just been stagnant? What are your thoughts around that? Like just like the whole art world? Yeah, just in the lanes in which you, which you travel, yeah. Um, I think it's getting a lot better. Um, and there are a lot more artists out there who, like black artists and stuff who are getting opportunities and especially after the um, Amy Sherrill and, and Kehinde Wiley did the presidential uh, portrait. So like a, like the focus right now is on black artists. It's almost like we're like in a renaissance. So like visibility is, def- is uh, definitely a lot better now than it has been in the past. And so, I don't know, that's always a good thing to see. You know, it motivates me and inspires me to see, like, those other people, like, making certain moves and, and things. So it lets me know that we're headed, like, in the right direction. Yeah. It's, you know, like, a lot a lot more to go, but like, we're, we're headed in, in the right direction. <laughs> that's good. I, I think, you know, recognizing that that's a wealth of talent here, and it's just like, at least from from a business and a cultural standpoint, you should probably take a look, guys. What are you doing? Like, do you, <laughs> like you, you're supposed to, like, know art, you know what I mean? Not like, oh, well, it has to be this type of artist. No, is the work good? You know? <laughs> that's I think that's the starting point, right? <laughs> so, when you're, you, you know, so you're, you're right now, you're working on a, a project or what have you, so makes me think of this question. Um, when you're embarking on new work, what sorts of questions are you asking? Not necessarily, well, what sorts of questions are you asking, whether it be from a potential client, from um, what whatever the, the project entails? Like, you know, what, what I might do if someone reaches out and say, hey, can you host some content? Can you MC some stuff for us? What have you? One, I'm gonna first question I'm gonna ask how much I'm paying. Um, secondly, <laughs> I'm like, so what? What is the time? What is the parameters? I want to know as much as I can about it, so I can give the best. So one, I can see if it's something that makes sense for me, yeah. and two, that I can you know give the best possible like output for the the best possible uh, project. So when you're embarking on new work, what sorts of questions are you asking? Um, I pretty much ask the same questions. Um, the biggest one is if they have like a hard deadline, like I tend to overwhelm myself with uh, projects. I try not to say yes to everything, but it's hard. So I tend to work like back to back to back to back. So like when I leave Denver, I have a big project back home in Jacksonville and I turn around, I have a project in DC Then I have art shows and all kind of stuff. So I always ask like, what's the deadline? Uh, what's like the the very last day I have to complete it. And then also, um, I like to know like a lot about the project, like why they why they want it and um, who's going to see it. So like for this project here in Denver is in a high school mm-hmm. and um, the demographics of the school, I think they're mostly a Hispanic school, Hispanic and black. And so that question was important to me because I wanted to make sure that I reflect the students in the work yeah. so that you can see their themselves you know walking through the hallways you know they, they see something that's um inspired by them and that can inspire them and motivate them um in school and stuff. That, that those are like the two uh most important questions for for this particular project 
That's great. That's great. I think having what the line is sometimes like, do you, do you have like a few of those non-negotiables? You're like, I don't care about the check. I don't care about this. Cause you're, if you're putting in the work, you know, the, the work, you know, ultimately the effort can be invaluable, right? It's like, look, I'm, I'm doing this. So what are, what are like some jobs that you're like, I don't think I want to take that. Or what do you look for in that? Like, you know, I'm just saying like, if, you know, this is going to sound ridiculous, but if like the company of the devil says, look, I I got this job for you. You're like, I don't think I want to take that. What, what sorts of jobs do you say they're not really for me? So I don't like doing commissions, like, like painting on canvas type of commissions. I don't want to paint grandmas or relatives or wedding photos. Like I've been actually like come to weddings and like paint the bride and groom. I don't want to do any of that stuff. Yeah. Um, what else? But definitely commissions. There was another one I had recently. I can't remember. I was like, I can't do that. <laughs> um, well, regarding murals, I like doing murals where I have like creative freedom. Mm-hmm. I don't like when there's like a set like image that the person wants because like like the client never really knows what they want. Like they have a vision in their mind. And they'll have you change it like 400 times. Yeah. And, oh, logos. That's another thing. No logos. So it's, it's the same with logos. Like, they'll have a vision. And, like, you, you bring their vision to life. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's it. That's it. Well, can you add this cover to it? Uh, add a person. Add me um, flying up here in the corner. Like, swooping <laughs> down over the, over the name. Like, oh, man. It'd be really funny. They come to you as like, I want this mural of all the dead rappers, like in the background, and just oh, <laughs> that was it right there. That's it. So I don't like doing um, I don't I don't like doing memorial pieces. Yeah. So like uh, like when Nipsey Hussle passed away, like five minutes after he he passed, there's like thousand pictures on the internet. So I don't I don't do stuff like that. Yeah, because it's it's something something kind of corny about it. It's something pretty like eh, exploitative about it a little bit. And yeah, I think you know, and I and I think what I'm taking from it, and and let me know if this is fair to say. I think that there's you know, because as I've worked with it as well, especially when working with clients, it's like, oh, can we do a little something here with the audio? Can we do that? it's like you don't know what you want. Give me very specific things, or then I think this is where I'm going at with it. Why did you hire me then? If you want my background and what I know and how I would go about this, you could hire anyone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's a that's an that's an important thing. Yeah, I've, I've had a few of those too, where I'm there like, well, you know, this artist would have did it at this speed, or. <laughs> Yeah, this type of quality, like you could have just hired that person. Yeah, it's just like you—you you, you reached out for whatever reason. You reached out yeah. to me. So, did you know anything about me? What what what, what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, because you're you're you know you're rocking and rolling with it, and I'm I'm very similar. Where up until recently, I wasn't doing any interviews on Saturdays. I was like, that's showtime. And now I'm like at this spot, like on Thursday, I had four interviews that I did and I have like a day job. So I'm not doing this full time. And, you know, I started looking at it. I was like, all right, I got to come up with questions. I got to you know do my research and all of this stuff. 
and I'll be up like super early. It was up at like four this morning. I was like, let me prep. I got questions to do and all of this stuff. And I like to do those back to back to back. And sometimes having those breaks, you know, I'm not getting that full break that I need sometimes to go into that next one with like fresh energy. So when do you set like breaks within your schedule if, if you're working in sort of this kind of like rapid pace? Ah, that's one I'm still trying to figure out. I guess when I sleep, that's that's when I break. I rarely <laughs> sleep. I have three kids too. Oh, so, yeah. That's that's like so. As an artist, that's my um. I think that's one of the biggest things that I'm trying to work on is like time management. So mm. I'm just trying to balance family and work and and breaks because you uh, you need breaks like need that rest period to like regroup and then recharge and so that's one area where where i'm lacking it i tend to just go 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 from from one thing to the next yeah it's like i gotta like that's that's a growth opportunity there where mm-hmm. like i i see it because you like i feel it like right now i'm on one of these periods where it's like I might get to a point where I count how many interviews I've done in a row before I need to take like a break. It's like, yeah. all right, you've done 50 interviews in a row. You should take like a couple of days off. Just kind of just max and relax. Nah, I can do like five more. It's like, you sure? Cause they're going to probably suck. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you've done too much. Um, so as I was um, sharing with you before we got started, um, my background being here, this is a podcast, you know, that's based out of Baltimore and, you know, with an arts advocacy kind of lens to it and cultural lens to it. Could you share an example of like a real life experience that's that's like kind of baked into your work or what have you like, you know, maybe a piece that you did that you're like, yeah, this was from this particular experience or okay. this. Yeah. Tell me about that. Like from my own personal life. Yeah. Let's see. So, like one of the big things that I like doing my work. So I grew up. Um, I had like a Rasta upbringing, mm-hmm. and so like my whole family, we had long locks. Like I, I've started over now. Um, but, like my locks, I cut them in two thousand twelve. I think I've been growing them since I was about eight. So they were almost like down on the ground, and so um. Like in my work, I make it a point to showcase natural hair, whether it's like afros or um, dreadlocks. Like, I don't know, I just make it a, a big deal because, like, so much in, in in society, like, we're taught that, um, like, what we look like naturally is wrong. Like, especially in the workplace, um, you hear a lot of stories about kids in school, especially in the islands, like, uh, large roster communities where uh, teachers are just like cutting the students' hair, mm. like without even having like the parents' consent or anything. It's like the kid goes home um, with with a ball hair, like it's crazy. And um, so I make it a point to show that in my work, to show the beauty of it, and then to try to showcase the history and the culture. And I don't know, it's crazy. It's like here in America. Like historically, everything that they tried to teach us was wrong about us. Now they try to do it. You know, like I, I've seen so many people here in Denver. Um, <laughs> none of them have been black. All the people I've seen here with locks, but I don't know. It's crazy. They're they're not done right. I assure you. Uh, just I don't. 
just I don't know. It it just reminds me of an SNL skit, like that Ross Trent skit. It's just like yeah. that's <laughs> that's not what that's supposed to look like. That's not how you do that. Like it's I don't know if you saw this meme. It was like the Grinch's fingers. He's like, those are the dresses. Oh, yeah, that's, that's exactly what they look like. <laughs> um, So I got a couple more real questions for you before I get to those rapid fire questions. Okay. Um, So, you know, like I, I see you online. Like I, I, I'm like, I came across you. You popped up in my feed. And I was like, all right, let me scroll through. Let me let me do a little little research, a little reconnaissance. And I was like, okay, this is great work, great work. And there's a fair amount of exposure that kind of comes out of like you know people being more familiar with your work and your background, yeah. and you know seeing your work publicly as well in these murals. So, have you ever been like overwhelmed in terms of exposure? And you know, what does it feel like? If if so, what does it feel like to have like a lot of attention kind of at mm-hmm. once? And what did you learn from like getting that exposure or what have you? Yeah, like my biggest thing again is saying yes to everything. So like, I just have to learn which projects to take on and which ones to, to pass by. And with exposure comes like a whole lot of different opportunities. Um, I remember, I think it was 2020, um, we had just had um, the death of Ahmaud Arbery, I think Breonna Taylor, George Floyd. So all of these big companies, and so they were reaching out to black artists and black creators, you know, trying to like show that they're there for, you know, black people and black lives and stuff and doing all these collaborations. So I had a whole bunch of um, different companies. I did some work with uh, Peloton, did some work with a um, skincare line called uh, Curology. And so with that, it was kind of hard. Like, um, like you just have to try to figure out which companies mean it mm-hmm. and which ones are just trying to like look good on the internet. But so I worked with this black creator. But um, I don't know, I, I like having the exposure especially as a black artist where like, we don't really have that much exposure. And so um, like social media has helped a lot with that. Yeah. Um, it's helped me like spread my work like around the nation and around the world. Like I have students from like Brazil and Africa who reach out to me like, Oh, we're doing this project. Like, can you tell us some information about yourself? Are we using you as the artist for our, um, our school project? So it's kind of cool. Yeah. It must feel good to have um, that, like, be in a be in a position where you know people are looking at you as a source of influence, as a source of you know inspiration, things of that nature. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask, what are some of your sources of um, inspiration and um, influence? Oh man, like so many. So here in Denver, um, there's an artist actually. He goes by Detour. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Detour three on Instagram. I call him like the mad scientist of art. He's always creating like these art tools and and, like different things. Like he's always in the studio on um, videos and stuff, showing his latest gadget that he created. So uh, he's definitely somebody I look up to. Um, Just like a lot of the great artists, um, Carrie James Marshall, um, Kehinde Wiley, Basquiat, of course. I like Picasso. There's a lot of people. Like, yeah. to be in there. <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. And it's, and it's one of those things where I think, you know, when you have influences, it's, 
you know, and people that you aspire is like you take different pieces of like, you know, I want to have this person's like the way that they use color or this person, the way that they do their lines. And, you know, that's usually our first entry points to it. And so naturally we're going to replicate it to a degree or try to make an, 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 a version of it. And this is going to sound really corny. Um, but I remember when I used to rap and, uh, you could tell by who I was listening to, like what I, what I was writing that who I was listening to. It's like you were listening to a yeah. lot of Beanie Siegel here or you were listening to a lot of like Rockefeller. There's a lot of camera on like punchlines here and there. Yeah. And, you know, but people don't really look at it. And, you know, that's one of those 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 industries. If you're biting somebody's lines or like you found somebody else's like flow, you know, people are very protective of that. True. And do you encounter that in like the arts world? Like, you know, you're just doing this or you're just doing that. For me, I rarely encounter that. So like the artists that I'm inspired by, it's not even that I'm inspired by their work, like the actual thing that created, I'm actually inspired by the artists themselves. Mm -hmm. Like for instance, Terry James Marshall, like I've watched probably every interview he's done. He always talks about making it a point to show like super dark black people. Like I don't know if you've seen his work, yeah. but he, he talks about why he, he like makes his character so black. And he's like, you know, um, we're not represented like in these higher institutions. So I'm going to get in these institutions and you're going to see these super black people. Like, it's going to be in your face. <laughs> and so, like, I, I like, I like stuff like that. And like with Basquiat, um, I like how he, um, like he was just himself. Like he put himself to the work. He didn't care about what anybody thought or if it looked elementary or like a kid did it. You know, he, he just like he put his all, like his soul, his his passions, um, things that was going on during his time. Yeah. Um, whether it was police uh, brutality or different black celebrities, like he put that all into his work. And so I'm inspired by those things, you know. Like for me, it's mostly about the the artists themselves and not really the work they created, but more of um, why they create the work that inspires. Yeah. It's just to understand maybe not the work as much as the thinking behind the work. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a great segue to my rapid fire questions. I'm, you, you've kind of knocked them all out of the park and very efficient <laughs> with the uh, the real questions. I'm, I'm throw some rapid fire questions. Maybe you can do a peek into uh, Chris Clark's mind to see see what's here. See what's here. Okay. <laughs> so I got a few questions. Don't overthink them. You know, people tend to overthink these questions, and they're literally what they are. You know, so it's like oh. Yeah. So you, you mentioned earlier that you know you were you had some background in uh, the banking industry or what have you before you know kind of taking that deep dive into your creative work. So, yeah. what other profession would you want to try? Like, if you're like, all right, I need to do something else for a bit. I need to take a little bit of a respite because you're working like a crazy person, <laughs> and you need to take a little bit of a respite. So, what 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 kind of profession would you be interested in outside of like um, art right now? Okay, so I'm I'm actually a self-taught artist. I didn't go to school for art. I went to school for music production. So all my life, those were like my two dreams, music producer, being an artist. So um, I, I would take a break and go do some music. <laughs> I love it. Um, for, for you, I, I, I heard that we get a lot of our ideas when we're doing kind of like mundane things, things that are low... Um, 
low mental energy, right? So you might iron a shirt, you might wash the dishes and you get a thought, you get a thought. And I think the shower is another one of those. So what do you usually get in the, what do you usually think about in the shower? What are those shower thoughts for you? Oh man, it's like my whole life flashes before my eyes. Like I just think about my whole life. I don't know why. It's like kind of like in a movie like when it gets all foggy and like uh, actors see themselves as a kid. So yeah, I just think about everything in the shower. I actually come up with some good ideas in the bathroom. But as a parent, that's like the best place to uh, hide. <laughs> you almost want to have like that waterproof notepad. Like if I can mount this right here. <laughs> This is this is my this is like the man. This is my private time. <laughs> Let yeah. me finish my shower. Uh, go to snack. Like you know, we out here. You you putting in the time. You out there in the sun, doing different things. You got the shades on right now. What is that go to snack for you when you're like, I'm not going to have time to sit and eat a meal, but I need something to recharge. I need some energy. What's that go to snack for you? This is probably not good to recharge, but I like sour candy. Any kind of sour candy, especially lemon heads. Or um, what's the other one? Sour Patch Kids. Sour Patch Kids are fire. Yeah. Well, I mean, lemon heads make sense because that's one of your colors, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, What was the last gift you received? And I got one more after this. Hmm. The last gift I received. Probably some art supplies. That, that's how you know you're in it. That's how you're like... <laughs> <laughs> when when people were like, I don't know what to get Robert. It's like, I'm just going to get him some microphones. I'm going to get him some cables. I'm like, I, I would like a Carhartt shirt. I would like some sneakers or something. Nah, you're getting gear. It's like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Everything is almost like a tax write-off in some ways. <laughs> so so here's the last one um, I got for you. Um, are you more of a thinker or a doer? Or are you somewhere in the middle? I think I'm somewhere in the middle. I do a whole lot of thinking. Then I do a whole lot of doing. They go hand in hand. Yeah, you're you're a doer with strategy behind it. Yeah, that's legit. Yeah, everything I view like a um, like a chessboard. I always talk about that, like like how I, I relate chess to everything that I do. So you're a chess guy. Okay, I like it. So that's that's pretty much it. We we okay. did it. We made it happen. So. Um, <laughs> I want to thank you for coming on to the podcast um, to, to chop it out with me for a bit. And I want to invite and encourage you to tell the fine folks where to check you out and check out your work, website, social media. The floor is yours. So feel free to let the folks know. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me on. Um, you can find me at Cooley Ross Art, C-O-O-L-I-R-A-S Art on all platforms, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, everywhere. Same name. Make it easy. <laughs> easy is good. Easy is king. Um, so for Chris Clark, I am Rob Lee. Saying it is art and community and just, just, just great stuff happening in and around your neck of the woods. You just got to look for it. Mm-hmm.